Hello, Nikki. Welcome to the metaverse. Hi. We're not, I don't feel like we're in there. We're not. We're still on an internet web two browser, but uh, today we're going to uh, special, special event for all of our listeners. We're going to spend the whole time. Why not? We already talk about them all the time. Anyways, we're going to talk about Facebook for the whole podcast today. Specifically, we're going to talk about Meta. First first impressions, tell me what your first impression was when you heard they were rebranding to Meta and that little logo. Okay, well, um, since I know, like since we talk about this all the time, to me it made sense because I'm familiar with how Mark Zuckerberg has been speaking and how he wants to be in a new direction. So it made sense to me. And also since he's heavily prioritizing the metaverse, it made sense that he would call it meta um, before it gets big. So he has the simple name, you know, so when people think of metaverse, they think of him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it made sense. But now I, I, there are some people who are, um, I've seen on social media who are like, what the heck? They're so confused. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, I mean, the thing, so here's the deal. Uh, this podcast, hopefully, uh, for me personally, like I have a lot of uh, sort of opinions and theories about Facebook in general and its place in society and its place in tech and business and all that sort of stuff. And, I am very, very much acknowledged that I probably spend way more time thinking about it and have in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever than the average person. So today we're, we're going to do sort of a retrospective uh, and I'm going to reveal some of my crazy theories and ideas uh, about what, I, what the heck I think is going on um, over there in Menlo Park. But uh, but yeah, yesterday, if anybody's wondering and is not, you know, doesn't live on social media and Twitter and whatnot, uh, Facebook, the whole thing is Facebook did this big hour long, highly produced, very futuristic looking keynote about Mark Zuckerberg awkwardly pacing back and forth in, in this really nice house talking about what the future could look like with photos of his family everywhere and his family popping in talking about his kids well and and then just tons and tons of like you know visual representations of different experiences within the metaverse so uh and all that to say is like a couple of months ago i think i told you on this podcast even though we mainly were talking about what i call web 2 social media it's like we should probably start talking about some web 3 stuff nfts crypto whatnot and uh and also just for for context i also during that time uh started leading the marketing at Polygon Studios, which is one of the biggest um, Web three protocols, and and we and so I spend a lot of my time now working on literal metaverse projects. So I have an interesting perspective on it, and also that you know in the past I've done a lot of stuff with Facebook. So I figured the best way for for us to you know maybe it's a cathartic thing for us to go back in time and and try to figure out how we got here. But to kick it off, I'm curious from you, what are your first memories of Facebook? 
Oh, memory lane. Well, I had just graduated high school and I heard that you have to get on Facebook in order to like get to know people before you get there. Uh, and so we, I signed up with my .edu school address. Um, oh, yeah. And I, but I did this before like we started our first day. Are, are so you, I, you're one year old, I'm one year older than you or two years older? Um, well, I graduated 05. Okay, so I'm two years older. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, you have, you had different, um, you could do your classes on there. So you could see who, who was going to mm-hmm. be in your classes. Um, you could join like uh, groups, but it was different than the groups that they have now. It yeah. was more like, um, it was more like Harry Potter dorks and mm-hmm. like, uh, well, and, and so for the people that are listening to this, either the older people or the much younger people, it one of the important things to note is what you said about the .edu email mm-hmm. is the yeah. only way to access Facebook is if you were a college student. Correct. And yes. that was for the first couple of years, I believe. And so for for I, I also feel this sort of weird... It sounds dumb, but sort of this weird responsibility or connection to Facebook because I, I like to remind myself that two of my peers, uh, one, we're literally the same age. One is LeBron James. Um, so I can look at what he has accomplished and and feel bad about myself. And the other one is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. So I'm the same age and I was literally in the freshman class when you know, he left Harvard and it was literally just rolling out school to school. Totally. And so I was a freshman in college when, you know, I remember one of my friends who went to the Air Force Academy had it before I did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, within, and this was all within like that first semester, they were quickly rolling out to the different universities. And then it became this fun little way to keep up with my friends from that had just graduated and we'd all like dispersed to the different colleges. Uh, we would all just keep up in silly ways, post pictures. Oh, so you used it to um, connect with people you already knew. That was the thing for me is that I used it in a way to connect with people I didn't know yet. So I, the, the, the interesting time with my, um, when I got on it, a lot of people knew people from like stalking them on their Facebook profiles Mm -hmm. or pictures is really just pictures. So oftentimes you would see people that you knew from Facebook but it was so weird to be like, I saw you on Facebook. Uh, anyway, so it was this weird thing where everybody knew each other. A lot of people knew each other from stalking them on Facebook, but they wouldn't actually talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I experienced that in a different way. I, I didn't, I wasn't able to do it before I went to college, but like when I was at college, you know, just going through and friend requesting everybody who went to your school that I- poking them. Yeah, and like I'd never met them before, but yeah, same thing. I could see them on campus- the uh, so the main things to point out here is to me the big ones are it was only available to college students mm-hmm. in in the U.S. probably at first I don't know how quickly it went international but um and then the other one the big one to me is that there was no news feed no. um and so right now it's, when you think of Facebook it's a feed yeah and I'm in our newsletter I'm going to just post 
like a picture of the original version of Facebook, which is so interesting and mind blowing to look back at, um, you know, because it was called the Facebook too. Also. Right. The Facebook, that weird silhouette of that guy up in the banner. I thought it looked like my college roommate. Um, and, and yeah, you would, you would have to search out and go to someone else's wall yes. to, uh, write on their wall or poke them or whatever. And, and it was and, very like, just like a, almost like an eHarmony profile. Like it was just like yep. your profile, yep. it listed your name, your sex, your, you know, birthday, what you like. And you just like rambled, like it wasn't even like organized or hyperlinked. It was just like, you're just rambling on stuff. Yeah. And that was one of the early things. I don't know if it was like right when it launched, but one of the early <laughs> sort of sticky things I would think was your relationship status. Yes. And yes. that was a, you know, you can see how that's a big deal on college campuses and stuff like yeah. that. But I, I think the next big uh, it leap happened, and I think I've talked about this on here before, but I, I have this weird sort of historical sociological theory that we'll be able to go back and, and look back at history and look at around 2006, 2006, 2007. So this is a couple years after you and I first got on Facebook, and it was through my old college laptop that I would, you know, go to the facebook.com. Yes. Uh, two things happened. One, uh, mobile phones came out. Um, so like when I was a freshman in college, we did not have iPhones kids. Like that's how old I am. We, I had my little Nokia bullet <laughs> phone. Uh, but the mobile phones came out and the other big one. And I think this is a, such a fundamental, shift in how we interacted with technology is that uh, the news feed rolled out and at the same time as Twitter. So Twitter is a feed. It launched as a feed and and Facebook sort of, uh, you know, did the same thing where instead of me going to someone else's wall, I mean, you still could do that, but they, they launched this news feed um, that became like the core way you interacted with the product. And I think that changed literally set, I mean, not to sound hyperbolic, but a lot of what I'm going to say is super hyperbolic, but I think it, it, it set society on a course and we didn't realize it. Yeah. Well, I think it all happened very slowly, right? So when they introduced the newsfeed. It was like, Katie changed their profile picture. Katie added right. four pictures. Heather posted on Troy's wall. Like, you know, it was just a whoever. chronological feed of activity yes, from which your I friends. Liked. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that because um, I didn't have to go to everyone's profile to like see any changes. Right. I like that in the same way that Instagram used to be a chronological order of pictures. Um, people you followed you know, I, I, I enjoy, I did enjoy that and found it like nice, you know? So now you're pointing out the next thing that I think is, is sort of dovetails off of the newsfeed being invented. Not too long afterwards, they rolled out the idea of the, the feed of content being organized, not chronologically, but algorithmically. And I think that's one of the crazy, and again, super hyperbolic me to say this, but I think that may be one of the most monumental like te technological things to happen to society. Yes, I remember it and being like, ah, wait, I really like the chronological because then I felt like I didn't miss anything and I'm only seeing, I'm seeing everything of the stuff that I wanted to see, which is right. why I 
and friends or follow people. And part of this little us doing this sort of like retrospective through the years is because in addition to the metaverse stuff that was announced uh, yesterday, Facebook is also under a ton of scrutiny and has all of these, this whistleblower and these leaked documents. and, And so it's like we're in, it's, I'm looking back to figure out like, how did we get to where Facebook is like, some people would say ruining society and and is bad for us to be a part of. And liberal people say it hates liberal people. Conservative people would say it hates conservative people. Like, how did we get there from you and I first getting on as college students, like just stalking the dating you know statuses of people around us i i think the algorithmic algorithm yeah. organization of content if you just like think about it sort of philosophically or or whatever rather than you searching out content from your friends or your little facebook network of friends they're now someone and not someone but an entity an algorithm is deciding what is prioritized and what you see and that algorithm, and, and again, this is where I don't think Zuckerberg or anybody had Ill, Ill intentions in any of this stuff. I, I think one of the things, and we can talk about it more in a little bit, is that Zuckerberg is by default extremely optimistic, like to a fault. Um, but yeah, when, when you go from me searching out content to being fed content, it literally changes how I interact with that technology and then over the years, it's just been a progression of algorithm updates. Yeah, they, it's um, gotten better at doing what it's supposed to do. And also the introduction of heavy ads. I think that has also been, you know, that's played a part in all of this. Because now it's not just like me seeing my friends. It's like seeing the content, curating the content you see, and then also slipping the ads in there too. So I don't know. I just think it's all it's but it's all small updates really yeah and small and the ads the ads yeah. are important to 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 throw out there too because that's like just to be clear and we talk a lot about it on this podcast but facebook is an advertising like the vast majority of their their revenue is from advertising and it is just this crazy gravy train that they're on and they have a ton a ton of revenue that comes in from ads and the way their ad platform is valuable is because the platform itself is really good, but also because of the amount of attention they have. So it's this weird tandem thing where early on they were able to, you know, and again, I don't think they said we want to get people addicted to our app, but their algorithms did that. They made us addicted to these apps um, by serving up content that they could algorithmically predict would make us want to open up the app and these these dopamine hits and and these you know the net that netflix show or whatever went into a lot of this stuff about you know how it addicted us to it with the notifications and the 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 trigger reward loop of you getting likes and all this sort of thing so that happened we all got addicted to it and at the same time they just started printing cash because of the amount of ad revenue it completely reinvented the entire advertising landscape um, which and- watching the social dilemma, which is the, the documentary, I mean, it's, you know, when it's all happening in real life, you're kind of just like, oh, another annoying update, oh, another annoying update. And Facebook is like, you'll get used to it, you'll get used to it. And we get used to it. Um, but seeing it, I mean, because what they what they did in that is 
you know, they went over the history of all of it and seeing it in that way, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, we were in the middle of all of that. We didn't even know it. Well, and the thing that I disagree with the social dilemma on is, is the idea. And they really sort of try to put forth that there's this like devious enterprise behind this and they sort of personify it in a way to where it's like some evil doer behind the scenes. I, I don't think it's that at all. Mm-hmm. I I think Zuckerberg and probably almost everybody that works at Facebook who are all in the top of their field, brilliant, brilliant people, actually have this like optimistic view of the future and believe that what they're doing is a way to enable a lot of this sort of futuristic stuff as they look forward. Um, and even and even years ago, as they looked forward to like live streaming and stuff like that, in their mind, it's a way to better society. And the thing, the thing that if if I would go back in time and say like a challenge to all is like instead of engineers, like you need to have a, a you know a whole f- room full of psychologists and ethicists. And, and gamification experts to be like, look, this is what this is going to do to people um, when you update the algorithm and when you you know make these smallish changes in the code base. Uh, and, and ultimately, like when I think about I the thing that you know breaking up Facebook, all this sort of thing, like should they be able to buy and acquire? You know, they so chronologically, we're getting to where now they started buying these other social media apps. Like they bought Instagram, which is a obviously a huge success. And they bought WhatsApp um, and they created Messenger. And so now they're a family of apps, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is societally, they have so many users, uh, you know, it's almost 3 billion users at this point around the world. This is not just in America. This is in every country in the world. Um, a lot of the problems they're dealing with just come from the size and be, come from the you know human nature at that scale. The worst parts of human nature are going to emerge in, in, uh, in mass. And, and so if anything, you know, that like, there's no way to fix that. It's just, it's too, there's too many people on there. And so I don't know, I, I, to your point of disagreeing with, you know, the devious character that the the documentary had played, like, they know and have known the effects of Facebook on society, right? For a long time. Well, yeah. And so that's all these leaks coming out right Right. now. Yeah. And and that's where I think that the devious character I mean, maybe it's not this like one guy, you know, uh, giggling in the corner with an evil laugh. But I think that knowing something is doing doing harm to people and not doing anything to really change the effect, anything drastic or be transparent about it or owning it. um, I think that is just looking the other way when something's so harmful. So I do think that that evil character could be true. You, but do you think there's actually somebody with influence at Facebook that is has evil intentions? What does that mean, evil intentions? Well, like, know, they, like they're like, I want to addict everybody in the world to my 
platforms that I can make billions of dollars. You know what I mean? Um, so no, I don't think, I don't think that, but I do think that there's a lot of pressure from advertisers and, you know, getting people to see things. I don't know. I I don't think it's evil, but I think maybe greed plays into it. Yeah, maybe. I I think it's less about money because like someone like Zuckerberg. So, so one of the money, what do you mean? Their whole app is, uh, you know, uh, ads and making money. If it wasn't about money, then we would just still have that original page that we looked at uh, and not an ad every three seconds or, you know, an ad on the side and ad here and an ad here. Yeah, but I think it's it's more like the the roadmap for them is not like, oh, we need to have a good quarter or whatever. Uh, You know, it's a publicly traded company. They have tons and tons of money and it's more about owning the future. And like, that's what yesterday's keynote literally was, is like basically Zuckerberg trying to brand the future of technology. And that's what the rebrand is, is like all of this stuff, even, and they spent a lot of time on like hypothetical stuff, sort of owning that. And, and so here's where I think uh, the leaks, like, when I imagine, uh, you know, Zuckerberg getting some briefing on like, you know, Mr. You know, Zuckerberg, here's the internal research that we have found the negative effects that our platform is having on teenage girls. Or, you know, we have uncovered X amount of uh, suicides that were, you know, indicated on the platform and like all of this stuff. I don't, I I think if there's anything he's at fault for is like, just saying like, well, I don't know what to do about that other than just shut it down, you know? And, and I remember once, so I've, I've been to Facebook headquarters a couple of times in Menlo Park and, and just to give people an idea, it is literally was designed by some of the Disneyland, um, like architects. So you, you walk on this campus and it feels like you're in Disneyland. Yeah. It is. Uh, and so it's the whole ethos. I think about a lot of what Zuckerberg wants is like this sort of utopian society type vision. And so that's the whole campus is just like, wow, this working here is the best job in the world because everything's free. There's literally a vending machine of tech stuff that you can buy. You know, anything you need in there is free. And food is free. It's just like everything's at your disposal. I, I remember the first time I went there meeting some of these teams that, that nobody really talks about that much. But like this one girl was on the wellness team. And it was the first time I was like, what, what is the wellness team? And it's literally she's on the team that is trying to <laughs> make sure to address these issues. You know what I mean? And so it's like, well, they've known about this forever because they've had a wellness team. They've had a social good team. And I remember yeah. her, uh, this was a long time ago, but telling me about some crazy problem they were having, I think in India or somewhere with like a black market for uh, blood uh, blood drives. And like, it was this huge problem that they were having to try to address of people, these bad actors tricking people into and like giving them fake blood and i was like wow that is so crazy the amount of, and like 
and and them saying like, oh yeah, we know we can like predict if somebody's like has suicidal tendencies, and we do partner with local like emergency aid people, and sometimes do wellness checks, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Like the visibility into society from their perspective is became at some point, uh, you know, unparalleled. I, I would say Google's the only other platform that would have the same view, but it's it's a little bit different because it's just search history. But um, you know, us being so intertwined with the social platform gives them corporately an unparalleled view into society, and that includes all the bad parts about society. And so, if anything, I think they're at fault for hiding the bad parts from the rest of us who are not bad so well for so many years to where now it's bubbling up and it's it's unavoidable that we're all like just now realizing even though it's always been there that there's a lot of really really bad stuff that the platform is used for or the or effects the platform causes um so anyway that that i think people think about you know forget about like cambridge analytica and like uh, you know, the Russian interference with the election and Donald Trump and stuff like that. In almost all of those cases, they were using the platform in completely like legitimate ways. Yeah. They weren't like hacking into it. It was just like it was set up in a way to where if people wanted to, and, and especially like the Russian stuff, they it was just they're aggressively organizing and using it to seed, you know, stuff that shouldn't be shared but they were doing it in a way that was extremely effective according to the the algorithms that were like literally the platform was designed to run off of right mm-hmm. um and so we fast forward to today and we've you know they're in a position where they've got all this scrutiny and everybody's saying you know they have to go in front of congress all the time and and both both sides of the political aisle in america claim that facebook hates them and all this sort of stuff. And then that is the interesting scenario where yesterday <laughs> they rebranded and and did this incredibly forward-looking uh keynote and didn't reference any of that other stuff. Yeah, and the thing is is Facebook is still going to be there. And so is Instagram and so it's not like you go to meta.com now and it's something completely different, you know? No. Yeah. So yeah. And the thing about Facebook, even under all this scrutiny is still, you know, as a business doing great. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Um, It's still the best ad platform to run off of. And, and so I've always thought like, will it ever go away? Like what would that lead to? I've always thought it's, you know, it's, it's either going to be government regulation or just widespread, uh, societal adoption of it being or societal like belief that it is actually bad for us physiologically mm-hmm. in the same way that at one point everybody smoked cigarettes but then over time through lots and lots of PR and all this sort of stuff we eventually come to realize cigarettes actually kill us yeah um, but we didn't like that's that's a different I don't know for some reason I feel like uh that could be different because we're on Facebook, the the highest place with ads, and they're feeding us like it's good, we're good, everything's good, and 
so it's it's harder almost to stop. Well, yeah, it's just like uh, you know Coca Cola publishing studies about sugar intake. It's like yeah, okay, yeah. great, yeah, we'll believe that. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I, you know, some of these politicians lately have tried to compare it to big tobacco, which is on. I can see, you know, there's parts of me I'm like, yeah, it is sort of like that. Other parts, it's not. But I, you know. Tobacco literally infects your lungs and kills you uh, that way. I, I think this is in tandem Facebook with literally infects your brain. <laughs> yeah, well, no, men- mental health becoming more of a of an agreed upon like actual physiological ailment, and realizing that this is one of the most formative things to our societal mental health is just like how what we consume via these little devices and on these apps. Um, so anyway, you know, they've got all that stuff going on and they announced a rebrand and they did this whole thing and Zuckerberg immediately shoots down the idea that it had anything to do with trying to divert attention away from all of their controversies. What, what are you, what do you think about that? Do you do you think the timing of this has anything to do with them trying to uh say look over here don't look at all of these negative things No I I I think uh he's like I'm over it I'm really interested in the metaverse and VR and AR and I want to do that instead now and I have to do it. So I completely agree. I think forget this drama because I'm like over it. Yeah, we'll keep doing it makes us a lot of money so we can continue like our ventures. I I think it's, and again, in my hypothetical scenario, I imagine him laying in bed next to his wife complaining about work or whatever and literally being like, "Ugh, I'm over this. Yeah. Being called in front of Congress. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I just want to focus on, uh, you know. Yeah, I want to have fun. I want to build a metaverse. Metaverse is so fun. Goes back to then one of the core like criticisms of Facebook is like Mark Zuckerberg is the majority shareholder himself of this gigantically influential platform. And what he decides has a gigantic impact on all of the world. <laughs> so imagining him sort of just being like, oh, whatever, like teenage girls' lives are being ruined, blah, 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 blah. This is just annoying. The That one person could say that and that the trickle-down effect would be literally millions of people, yeah. like negative, not direct reactions. Like he's not directly doing something to them, but by neglecting stuff, yeah. uh, he is, right? And I mean, I think, that is also like socially like I feel like some interviews I've watched where socially he has said, Hey, I'm different than you socially. Like, um, so I feel like also maybe he doesn't fully grasp, like fully grasp it from like human to human interaction. Do you know what I mean? You you think being a, an ultra wealthy billionaire with like, a mansion an introvert like i don't blame it on introverts no no i'm saying there's like a combination of things socially where i feel like he just doesn't understand well no well i I will say no offense to engineers but there are some engineers like a personality type 
where, yeah, there you could call it like an emotional IQ or something like that, um, empathy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit of being a little aloof maybe from society. But then he did all this stuff like a couple of years ago where he did these road tours when he went and met with normal people and stuff oh, like that. Gosh, and whatever. all around the trying PR to... team said to. <laughs> yeah, like, but... I don't understand what you're saying. You know, I maybe, can't... You know what I do? I do think he is absolutely brilliant. Like everybody who works at Facebook is top of their class, top of their industry. Um, but I, I do think it's just sort of there. It's I, I keep thinking of it as it's they've created Frankenstein's monster, and they didn't, they didn't mean to, but that's where we're at right now, and it's really hard to control. Yeah, so I also think that's where we're headed even further because of the metaverse. Yes, so let's get to the metaverse because here's the thing. The metaverse has been this topic for tech nerds for a couple of years now. And uh and even beyond that. You can like the coin, you know, the coin the term was sort of coined uh, a lot of people think with Neil Stevenson's sci-fi book uh Snow Crash and you know ready player one was a book and then a movie that was sort of around the idea um and what i would say yesterday was interesting mainly because the metaverse still is is just a concept and so i can point to people that i think of as thought leaders in the metaverse space but even they are just sort of trying to like map the concepts and ideas and try to understand them Yesterday, Facebook and Zuckerberg were basically trying to define it themselves, and which I think is such an interesting PR marketing tactic for them to say, like, look, everybody's talking about the metaverse. And I can tell you at Polygon, like we have a whole initiative on on trying to accelerate the adoption of the metaverse with all these other companies. But Facebook basically telling the public at large and their gigantic user base that we are the metaverse. And so from my perspective, it's like, oh, how dare you try to swindle all these people into thinking that Facebook and specifically your VR, AR, you know, imagining of it is the metaverse. When I can tell you right now, dozens of other projects completely independent of Facebook that have just as much of a right to claim that term as you do. But they're literally going to change their stock ticker uh, to metaverse um anyways that that was my initial reaction but at the same time it's like you watch the keynote and and i'm to be honest like if nobody's ever used an oculus quest like they're really amazing and and like you play it you use it and then you drink the kool-aid and you're like wow this is actually unlike anything i've ever done and you watch this freaking hour long production with all these special effects and stuff to help you imagine the future. And it's like, wow, this is straight out of sci-fi. This is like watching ready player one. Yeah, totally. Um, I, um, I, I'm not sure. I really like virtual reality. I really, I always mention like the one time I used, you know, a set and I played Rec Room. It was awesome. And you played with people from different countries and it was so amazing. I was like, I feel like I could be in there all day. Um, And so when we watched um, Mark Zuckerberg's interview with Gail King a while ago um, and where he kind of introduces her to the work, work, work room, 
Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, Horizon Workrooms. Uh-huh. And she said something in there. She was like, but I'm – this is amazing. I love it. But I love, like, people and interacting with people and the human experience. And he said, well, not everyone is as introverted as you – or extroverted as you. Um, and, you know, I just – can also see it in the same way we we look back and we we see the people who use Facebook for good and use it for bad. I could also just see it becoming another problem, um, you know, where well, we lose the value of human life because a lot of people are in you know this virtual space, you know. Yeah, so I I would say early on as he's trying to define in this keynote to find the metaverse for people who've never heard of it. He he mentions the idea of the embodied internet. And uh my my pushback on that is like we the internet is already embodied for us. I'm sitting here with two screens in front of me and another mini screen right next to me that I carry in my pocket all the time. And his, yeah. his whole thing is like, well, we're going to go beyond these 2D screens and literally feel like you're there which I agree is like that that will maybe at some point augmented reality and all that stuff will become much more turnkey and some device will come out that's comparable to the iPhone and has an effect on everybody uh, and how we interact with the internet. But the, the thing that I want everybody to know is that the idea of the metaverse, I, I think what we're going to start talking about soon and in my corner of the world, we already are, is like, the idea of the open metaverse and the idea of the closed metaverse. And so this is where crypto and Web3 comes in. And he mentions NFTs and stuff like that. But purists in Web3 will talk about interoperability. And he mentions interoperability. But when I'm reading between the lines of what he's talking about, he's talking about interoperability within their own ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. um, but purists in the Web3 world think that Anything you own that's on the blockchain, any NFT or whatever, should truly be yours in a sovereign way outside of every other corporation or entity. And so Facebook, uh, you know, saying it's interoperable between all of their apps is not the same thing as me buying an NFT from, you know, some musician in this one example they show. And then literally being able to take that out of the Facebook ecosystem and into like Epic's ecosystem within Fortnite or whatever, or into some other ecosystem like Decentraland or the Sandbox or Somniumverse, which are all these other companies that have similar ideas that are not within Facebook. So Facebook getting into this is really a bold, almost like it feels like a bully tactic uh, to try to bring their 3 billion users into this space that right now is very, very small. Um, Web3 is still very niche. Most people don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about NFTs, when you're talking about the blockchain. And, and so Facebook, I think, is trying to move in and make what, what Web3 purists would call a, a, a centralized uh, version of this, which centralized in Web3, like, you know, terminology has a bad connotation. Um, and a lot of the the rejection that is bubbling up uh, in Web3 against these, you know, leaders like Facebook has to do with the fact that it's too centralized. 
that it's and literally that means Zuckerberg is the center of it. And, you know, it's nothing about him. It's it's about the the fundamental idea of one person, ha- one person having that much control. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, you know, if I was super optimistic, maybe at some point he would say, you know what, we're going to be truly open. Our entire ecosystem is an open protocol that anybody can build on. You can move your stuff back and forth between whatever blockchain you want. I don't see that happening though yeah me neither well there it is what do you think i mean the thing about it is i still want to buy an oculus quest and play these games and stuff but um (laughs) i know that's the good part about it it's hard it's the, the deal is it's part of our life now whether we like it or not but i think we just need to have a better more people in general need to have a better understanding of what is behind all this and what it's doing to us. And I think that's all coming out. I think that's all coming out, you know, in the same way that food used to be like terrible ingredients and people started realizing it. um, And then there was a, a, you know, a move towards healthier things and, um, and really the market has shifted in that. And so, I mean, this one's harder because it's the internet and the internet is just, bleh. but, um, you know, I think people are realizing it and people, you know, are putting limits on themselves. And so I don't know. It's like, oh, I don't know. It's tiring. <laughs> well, we'll see how it develops, but I'll, I'll see you in the metaverse in one way or another, where, whether it's Facebook or somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. See All you right. next time. Bye.